Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. you doing on this beautiful and i do mean beautiful wednesday morning here in the greater austin and central texas area gosh it's nice to be able to go outside and deal like that when i was a little kid my dad used to say get up like on a morning like this on a saturday morning have weather like this he said it's so nice outside it just makes you want to get out in the front yard and run around in circles that excited about Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light to Tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Jeff Howell will be along shortly. You know, uh, my dad used to have all kinds of sayings, like everybody's dad is. It, and, and there's a good question for the Specs text line at 337 3776, 512 337 3776. What was. The one bit of advice or the phrase, not not of advice, not advice, just just a phrase that your mom or dad said to you to, to this day, you kind of remember either because it was quirky, goofy, spot on, crazy, wrong. You know, like, for example, you know, I used to my mom was one of those people who really was just a firm believer that you do not go in the water swimming for like half an hour at least up to an hour after eating that old that old wives tale you do not jump into the swimming pool or go in the lake because you would like cramp up and die and drown and all that that was that was that was the thing our, our producer Cameron Parker looked at me quizzically it, it was a thing parents used to do that say don't they, and, and we lived on a lake when I was a teenager and they and she still stuck to that my brother finally got so mad at her for doing that one time. He went out and got in the lake with a sandwich in his hand and was eating the sandwich in the <laughs> lake, going, I'm eating while I'm in the lake. Don't do that. So, you know, what was, what was, do you recall something either um, your very wise father, who I got a chance to meet when we were up in Stillwater, when he was uh, one of the bus drivers for the uh, Longhorn baseball team, or, or something that your mo- mom, who is nicely sequestered down in Florida. My dad always says, you can't make any money sitting around. 
for the most part, I think he's probably right. Yeah, I mean, now you kind of can't. I mean, I'm yeah. sitting down right now. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I want to be a smart Alec. <laughs> that's one that I, oh, always sticks with me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Can't make any money sitting around. Okay. My, my, my dad said that his grandfather, or his father, my grandfather, told him one time when he was first starting to drive, and this was late 40s, early 50s, told him, you can only get killed once. Yeah. So <laughs> keep that in mind. You, you only get to kill get killed once. So I uh, told him to do that. Uh, so it <laughs> got me thinking about that. I was thinking about different phrases for because I was thinking about that deal when I was driving in, how beautiful it was, and how my dad used to say, it's gosh, what a great day. It just makes you want to get out and run around in the, I think he said in the backyard, just get out get out in the backyard and run around in circles. Yeah, and he kind of knew what he meant. You know, you just want to get out and be active and stuff because it's just really, really nice. Uh, so it got me thinking about what what would be a phrase, a quote, a saying, a motto, a credo, uh, whatever, a mantra, something that, that your mom or dad said to you that has stuck with you for good or bad, right or wrong. You know, that that sort of stuff. Uh, here's somebody, uh, and already submissions on the Specs text line, and that's cool, 337-3776, because what we do try to do on this program, in addition to talking sports, for those of you who are sitting there patiently waiting, is he going to start talking sports? Is he going to start? We'll get to it, I promise. <laughs> but uh, uh, we also endeavor to connect with you uh, as we do ourselves, because many of us are like-minded and have had uh, at least some s- very similar experiences. So uh, somebody says, scared money doesn't win. I had a good friend of mine tell me that one time when I was in uh, Omaha, Nebraska for the College World Series. And he went over across the river to Council Bluffs to the uh, to the casinos, the river bluff, uh, the, uh, on the bluffs on the uh, r- uh, river a riverboat casinos. So the true the true definition of a floating crap game. And uh, I went over there. I stuck around the ballpark at Rosenblatt because I wanted to watch. Uh, there was a good game, I think, between Cal State Fullerton and, and uh, Stanford going on or something. And then when I went over there and I saw him, and uh, he was he was doing all right at the tables. He was making money. And, uh, and I asked him, I said, man, how would you pull all that off? And he goes, it's amazing what you can do when your money's not scared. Hmm. So, yes, somebody else had said that. Uh, here's somebody says, my pop says, that whole two ears, one mouth thing is on purpose. Oh, I like that. You know, the old listen instead of more listening than lead instead of talking. Somebody said, Craig, my dad always said, if it's not yours, don't touch it. Um, he goes, I'm still a virgin at 38. Yeah, just kidding. But, yeah, keep basically keep your hands to yourself. My great-grandfather passed down. Right's right and wrong ain't worth a damn. Like that too. Yeah, that's good stuff. Here's one. If you don't like your meal, you're not hungry. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I've uh, heard about it. You're about as useful as teats on a boar hog. Uh, that one, Beaver Lance Jason says, my dad was never much in the sports, but one bit of sports fan advice he gave me when I was a teenager was, well, still have to go to work tomorrow. Meaning, don't be so invested in a team that you lose focus on your life and responsibilities. That, I think, is sound and solid advice, not just for Longhorn fans, although we see acute examples of it around here. But, I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, a Texans fan, a long-suffering Dodgers fan, and 
Rams fan went for a long time without seeing them win world titles and saw them both do it within a year's time. So it's it eventually paid off. But yeah, it makes sense. Well, you still have to go to work tomorrow. You know, you might be excited yep. about something. You still have to go to work tomorrow. Uh, I know this one. You can wish in one hand and uh, in the other and see which one fills up first. Yep, there's there's that. Somebody said your mother is your best friend. Hmm. My mom uh, passed away last November. Uh, God rest her soul. And she was she was she was one of my best friends for a while too. Uh, uh, Police Chief Cantu says I can't wait for Craig's thirty for thirty. Chief, you're gonna be waiting for a while. I'm just saying. Just saying about that. We'll, just stick, we'll stay away from that from that theme if we can. My dad would always say he was in high cotton when his dad let him drive a combine to harvest. I guess it's Milo. That's just another saying like living high on the hog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I also heard that as you're, you know, you're uh, doing your business in high cotton. Because you're so high up, nobody can actually tell that that's what you're doing. So that's that's another way. Enthusiasm breeds confidence. I like that. That's a good one. Uh, our good friend Tom McKay. My dad said business is easy. More ducks than deducts. <laughs> Which reminds me, I've got my visit with my uh, tax preparation people today. Yeah, it is coming, isn't it? Yeah, we always have to deal with it. So anyway, there's, there's another one. Uh, yeah, Coach Terry. Uh, uh, he, he actually says, live where your feet are. This one says, be where your feet are or at. That's pretty close. He says, live where your feet are. Um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, and Victor says, Craig, I don't know if it's a mantra, but my son says, I say this all the time. Well, what you ought to do, <laughs> how many times have we kind of wondered at what I should have done? What you ought to do is this. So anyway, I, I will, uh, we'll dip into that and dive into that. So things that your mom or your dad or a mentor or a grandparent or whatever, uh, a, a phrase, a line, a motto, whatever, that has stuck with you, whether you agreed with it or not, liked it or not, something that has stuck with you over all those years. So so there you go. Uh, yeah, uh, this is the uh, addendum to what I said about blank and high cotton and Oh, it says I'm wiping with the top leaf. Ooh, all right, that's rather interesting visual. Yep. Uh, ooh, I like this one. See now, here's somebody who can get deep into the weeds with us on this. I really like this. The greatest shackles we wear in this life are those forged of our own fears. Wow. Yeah, that's a kind of a, a that's that's kind of a, a corollary phrase to uh, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. You know that kind of thing. So. <laughs> like the, uh, what is it? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's so there it is. Okay. So, anyway, I, I promise as, as you uh, load this up on our specs text line, because there's a lot of you loading them up at 337-3776, I'll get to those and we will read those. Um, because I, it just on a beautiful day like this, things like that sometimes pop into mind. On the program this morning, <clears throat> And I said Jeff will be a long momentarily. We will have a Longhorn notebook coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, more on uh, Longhorn spring football practice uh, winding down toward the end. And that means, of course, the spring game is Saturday, which you will hear live here on the Horn. Our, our spring game coverage is actually going to begin at 11 o'clock Saturday morning on Bevo Boulevard. 
You see, it's going to be a full-on, full-fledged, CDC-sanctioned uh, Bevo Boulevard happening. So uh, our guys will be down there, uh, uh, Rod Babers and uh, Mike Harge, uh, Aaron Hogan, uh, the, the the whole crew. They'll be they'll be down there on Bevo Boulevard uh, as we do before games. So uh, that'll start at eleven. They'll get it to us in the booth right around twelve forty-five. The kickoff just past one o'clock, uh, and it will be uh, you know a a game type thing. It'll be interesting to hear what the, what the guys say about this, the players say about this. I think the, there's one final player availability tomorrow, which Jeff will be at, and, and uh, you know the, to hear what those guys will say about you know what they're expecting out of the spring game. So. So that'll be pretty cool as well. So uh, that's on Saturday. Uh, also this weekend, obviously, is Longhorn Baseball. Uh, on Friday night, uh, up I-35 in Waco, taking on Baylor at the Baylor Ballpark. Uh, that's a, a 6.15 airtime and a 6.30 first pitch on the horn on 104.9 on Friday night. Saturday, again, just for your programming references, the uh, baseball game will be on AM 12.60, and 1019 FM because spring football will be on 1049 here on the horn. So spring baseball will, uh, spring baseball, spring football will be on 1049. And of course, the baseball series against Baylor will be on AM 1260 on Saturday and 101.9 FM. And then uh, back on uh, 1049 on Sunday for the series finale between Texas and uh, Baylor. And uh, of course, the Longhorns coming off last night's loss. To Texas State, uh, Bobcats impressive in the way they, the way they pitched, the way they uh, hit the ball. Had some uh, clutch two out hitting in the game, and um, and and really took full advantage. I mean, you know, by the time you are playing your fifth game, fifth consecutive game in as many days, five games in five days, you're going to see some younger guys go on the mound, some lesser experienced guys. Um, Cam, we saw. Cam O'Bannon go mm-hmm. out there last night, the former Dripping Springs, all everything dude. And uh, he almost got through the inning, got through two thirds of an inning, almost got through it scoreless, and then got popped a couple of times on it. Some runs came in. And we, so we saw that. And Max Grubbs got out there and uh, got popped a little bit on that. But you know what? You don't learn <clears throat> completely enough simply by p- pitching in sim games, you know, simulated games and live action stuff. You got to be out there in the games themselves. So, they were going to get some opportunities, and you're going to take some lumps in some games like that, and and that's why it was a pretty philosophical viewpoint about that from David Pearson. We'll hear from him coming up in the Longhorn Notebook about that. Meanwhile, and we talked about this at length yesterday, the importance of that win um, for Texas State because in the RPI, and in fact, I'll just even pull up right now. I can tell you what we, we said it was last night going uh, uh, as we were about to exit the broadcast. Um, coming out of the game, uh, Texas State did itself some real uh, quality good by winning that ball game, especially being on the road last night. And uh, they did so. In fact, uh, last night we pointed out, and let me just see, they wound up moving up. 11 spots in the RPI. It was it was 13, but there were a couple of late results that came in. So they went from 92 to 81 in the RPI with that win over Texas last night. That was important. Uh, that was good. Uh, the Longhorns 
by losing that game, and it was at home, dropped five spots, dropped from 13 to 18 uh, there in the RPI. So uh, so it definitely did the Bobcats some good, and that's what Stephen Trowler, head coach, mentioned uh, when he told Ty Harrington, hey, we've still got opportunities to gain RPI-quality wins. And they do uh, because they have three crucial conference road series as well as what they have. They, they have Marshall at home this weekend, and that probably won't help them much in the RPI. But they still have to go to two of the top teams in the league and play them on the road uh, in uh, Old Dominion and in Troy. And uh, they also have to play at Louisiana on the road. And they have a midweek game in Fort Worth at TCU. So all of that. Uh, all of that uh, helped them quite a bit. Uh, the Longhorns will be in the position where they will be best helped by the mere fact that they are on the road by getting wins against Baylor because um, the, the RPI uh, impact is not <laughs> would be minimal simply just on the basis of winning games because uh, Baylor's had its struggles this year. And they lost last night to Dallas Baptist, so they're 12-21 and 21, uh, going into that series. But still, it's a conference series. You've got to play your conference series and uh, do the best you can with it. And um, and and so the, the basis of the wins alone won't help because Baylor's 211 in the RPI this morning, 211 going to that. So the key is just to handle your business and win the games on the road. Uh, Join now by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, proud graduate of Florence High School, you know him best for his outstanding work at Orange 24-7. That's Jeff Howe. So I opened this program, uh, Jeff, uh, by the fact that it's such a beautiful day outside. And my, my dad used to say, what a great day. It just makes you want to get run around in the backyard in circles because mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing when you were a kid, you know, just run around in circles in the backyard, that kind of day. You have quoted your late father on many occasions yeah. in this. So, I mean, is there – it made me think of, you know – phrases that come to mind and a lot of folks have already weighed in we'll get to some some more of these coming up but uh was there something that your dad used to say that just that just stuck with you like i said my grandfather used to tell my father when he first started driving you can only get killed once there's 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 a few uh and uh on the drive in i was listening and i narrowed it down to a couple yeah because there's so many um as far as advice mm-hmm. this one was passed down from his mom my nana Two things. One, and both are travel-related, so you can take heed to both of these. If you feel like you've got to go number one, don't hesitate, because if your bladder's anywhere near full, even the hardest break can cause a rupture okay. and put you in a world of trouble. So if you got to go, don't wait, just go. And when traveling anywhere and you figure out what is an extended distance for you, Always, always pack an extra pair of underwear. Ah, uh, I think I've heard that one before. Always too. pack an extra pair of underwear. I yeah yeah. The two the two and my dad again my dad had a bunch but the two that really stand out one, um, <laughs> I was uh, I was pro I was I think I was in high school, and you know you're you're I'm kind of messing around with I'm kind of messing around and you know pushing a little bit I'm like I'm like come on dad let's go I I, I think I want a shot at the title and he goes he just looks at me and goes boy. Why don't you go outside and practice falling down, and I'll be out there in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> practice falling down. Yeah, there was that, and then uh, <coughs> I think a lot of people can relate to this. Anytime I had a car issue, a vehicle issue, yeah, wouldn't pay. You wouldn't pay to to get it fixed. 
I would go whatever the vehicle was. If I didn't have it, he would drive me to AutoZone, and we get the Haynes repair manual and whatever sure. part it was. And I, you know, I'd be working on, <clears throat> you know, I, I'd changed a change a fuel pump in a couple of vehicles, and it'd be the point where I'm like, Dad, what am I doing here? And he goes, uh, or and, and I'm, you know, I'm working. And I was like, Dad, I need some help. He goes, Boy, he's like, he's like, you're skinning this cat. I'm just holding the legs. Oh yeah, I've heard that one before. Yeah. Uh, I've heard an even more coarse version of that phrase before. Uh, Yeah. So, okay. All right. That's good. Am I right about this, uh, that there'll probably be a player availability tomorrow? There's one scheduled for tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because I'm really curious, and I know you'll be at it. I'm really curious. I won't be at it. We'll talk about that. Oh, you won't? Okay. All right. I I started (laughs) to say, I'm I'm curious to hear what the guys say about this, about going into the scrimmage. Yeah, I think I think most of them are, you know, and I think most of them are anxious because think about this with the NCAA practice rules, and I've got to look again and see how this applies to spring because I think it does apply to spring. You only get a certain amount of practices where you can tackle to the ground, yeah, and have full contact. Sure. So if you if you're using the uh, you're using the spring game for one of those, you, you yep. can't waste those. Mm. No. So we talked about that a little bit on Longhorn Blitz this week, which, by the way, you can hear tonight here on the Horn at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're a subscriber, then you've got it already. But that—that's you know, Rod and Matt and I were talking about it, and I, I brought that up. I'm like, look, it, it can't just be like thud and blowing the whistle. Like Sark's not going to want to waste this opportunity. So yep. you'll see some fundamental stuff and, and be able to gauge this team a little bit on, hey, how, how good are you? Are just blocking and tackling? Yeah, because it'll be it'll be physical. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm kind of curious to hear what uh, the players say about this and what they're looking for as well. We know what, obviously what the coaches will uh, say about it, but but hearing what the players will say something about it is I'm, interesting. I'm all for this this idea though. Of now, nobody's. I, I think some of the some of the G5 coaches have stepped up and said they like it. The idea of doing like a spring scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You know, like instead of playing a spring game, what if Texas and Texas State or Texas and you know, pick a pick an F, uh, a G five school that's not on the schedule this year, like a UTEP or mm-hmm. you know whoever, and, and and do a spring scrimmage with them, because that would be allowed. The scrimmage, yeah. would be allowed. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my number one concern about that would be injury, obviously. Right. Yeah, that that sort of thing. Although an injury is an injury is an injury, whether you got it against UTEP or in your own inner squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, but but I know there's a lot of conversation about that. About I would those. love to see that happen. Yeah, it, it, it could be interesting. Just with the time in the fall, like you don't have to, you don't have a, an opportunity to have like a pre. What would be the equivalent of an NFL preseason game? Right. There's just not enough time to do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah, makes it makes a difference on that. Uh, a couple of those phrases here and again. Uh, it's something that your father or mom or grandparent or somebody, a mentor, somebody told you a phrase can be a motto or a mantra. It doesn't even have to be that. It could just be something they said to you that just has stuck with you all those years. Uh, here's somebody said, I had a coach in Ballinger tell our football team, y'all are playing like a bunch of wounded dogs trying to take a leak. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> a bunch of wounded dogs try to take a leak. I, I like the phrases people use when it's uh, some of those country sayings when it's cold or hot outside. Yeah, you know it's hotter than two rats. Right, right. After in, in in the wool sock. sock. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <coughs> the, that that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, 
wounded dogs. Which, by the way, uh, uh, thanks to a lot of folks who have (coughs) sent best wishes on Facebook. um, uh, My dog was uh, in for surgery yesterday at the vet. um, And it wound up being quite a bit more extensive than what was originally going to be planned. Uh, She had uh, four... um, uh, cancerous growths removed, uh, like, Good. uh, back, uh, two on her back, one on top of her hand, one on her left front paw and had all of those removed. She also, uh, because we always have her teeth cleaned, uh, when we do, when we do the vet, the vet, vet visits, she's, she had lost, she's 10, she'd lost some, um, bone structure and some of her little teeth down front. So, they went ahead and they had to pull pull eight teeth. Ew. Now, her main teeth for chewing and all that are fine. They said they're in good shape and all that kind of stuff. But the poor thing, you know, she's kind of shaved off in different patches. Yeah. Kind of kind of almost looks like she has mange. And then <laughs> um, that's something you don't hear much anymore of, mange, you know. It's kind of like there's some illnesses you don't hear. Like no nobody, I've never met anybody that's had scurvy. You ever yeah, know anybody yeah. that's had scurvy? Diphtheria. You know, Scabies, uh, yeah, stuff that you'd catch on the Oregon Trail. Yeah, yeah, you're right, absolutely. Bob so, has cholera. Well, <laughs> Bob, Bob ain't gonna be on this trip much longer. Yeah. Is so, um, uh, yeah. Don, Don got typhoid. Don's not typhus, long for this world. Yes, then. absolutely. Um, so, uh, anyway, she's she's doing better, but of course, uh, she's been a little bit drugged up, and she has to wear the cone of shame. Oh no! For for a couple of weeks now. This morning she. We took the cone off so she could handle her business in the backyard and did that and eat a little bit. So she she's just still kind of quasi out of it anyway. But she's but she came through the surgery fine, and the doctors think she's going to be fine. So uh, the, got a good vet, and so anyway, thanks to uh, those of you who reached out on that. So Sophie's doing better. She's she's doing okay and on the mend. Uh, hey, before we hit the break, can yeah. I just throw out one thing that I saw on the spring game? Uh, just yeah. to, for people to be advised about. So from 9 to 9.30 on Bevo Boulevard Saturday, the yes. football team will be doing autographs. There you go. I always like to mention this because you're going to have a couple people that end up being surprised. Yeah. I didn't know they were doing autographs. Yeah. Not 9 to 9.30, posters will be provided. Personal items will not be permitted. So you can go there, get an autograph Your footballs, your helmets, just leave them at home. Yeah. Just, we'll go trotting up there with four helmets. You know, I just, and three I card albums like Jeff would do. <laughs> show up there, they got to oh. just you know page after page all in their plastic. I've I've heard uh, uh, there's a, a good friend of ours who's dealt with that. I I don't I'm not that uncouth. Okay, good stuff. I'm yeah. I'm I'm glad to glad to hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, JP says my grandmother would say fair to Midland. Asked how she's doing. Yeah, fair to Midland. That's 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 true. Uh, moving Alden is just—is that a snake you've uh, dispatched of there, uh, Alden? That is a rather large creature, if that is indeed the case. Uh, stop while you're ahead. I've heard quit while you're behind. <laughs> Somebody says, "Hey, you better quit while you're behind because you're already off to a bad start." I would tell my dad I'm thirsty. He would say, "Hi, thirsty. I'm Friday." <laughs> yeah, my dad liked that one too. That kind of uh, stuff. Uh, I'm so glad your little girl is doing well. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I've heard about the happier than a puppy with two. Well, you can figure it out. <laughs> I like that one, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hotter than a three, you know what, yeah. on a tin roof. As a crow flies, or as the crow flies, it's hard to find an enemy who has outposts in your head. Okay, 
Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, there it was on that. And uh, another day, another dollar. Yep, I've had that. My mother's favorite saying to us in Spanish, I think it's el huevo trabaja dos veces, which means a lazy person will always work twice. Um, when we were younger and our father tried to teach us something or we were trying to do something and we couldn't figure it out, he'd say to us, boy, you got to think like a monkey trying to get termites. My dad's, and it's hard to apply it to him, my dad's all-time favorite go-to, and he used it a lot with me, uh, oh, monkey foot, monkey in the football Mm -hmm. gimmick. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yep. I know that one. Somebody said their grandma used to say this to him, and and your grandmother was very smart because this was uh, this phrase that we know of was coined by Benjamin Franklin. Better to remain silent and have people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah. That's a, it's a Benjamin Franklin thing. Uh, I've heard this, heavy rainy days. My dad would say it's like a cow peeing on a flat rock. You know, it's really coming down hard that. My wife has two that she uses from her family. They're, you know, they're yeah. set in her house. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I, if I say something that's kind of off subject or yeah. doesn't, you know, doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about, it's, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Yeah, I've heard that one. There's that one. And then, uh, you know, somebody says, I can't, and she's using this one with a five-year-old. Okay. Now. I can't do it. Can't never could do nothing. <laughs> Charlotte probably looks quizzically. I'm like, what? Uh, yep, my stepdad always said do the right thing even when no one's looking. We've heard that before. Later I learned that's the definition of integrity, but at five years old, I had no clue. That's true enough. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some more. We'll get to more of them. Uh, one more. My uncle used to tell me when I'd mess around with him, boy, you mess with me, and we're both going to have to go to the hospital. You to get your backside sewn up and me to get my foot back. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, we'll get to more of those coming up. We do have a Longhorn Notebook. Uh, we do have Inconceivable uh, today <laughs> and uh, and a lot more when we continue to light the tower. Here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Okay. Uh, one of the things we like to do is to try to be flexible and uh, versatile on this program. So uh, we're, we're definitely happy to have the uh, flexibility and the versatility, versatility of our next guest joining us because it's time for the Longhorn Notebook. So with that in mind, with the uh, Longhorn Notebook, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. And be joined by the head football coach of the University of Texas, uh, Coach Sark, is on the line with us now. Sark, hey. I appreciate the time. How are you today? I'm great, Craig. Thanks for having me on, Craig. You bet. Uh, I wanted to just give you an opportunity, and uh, <clears throat> thank you to you and, and to John to make this happen, but I, I wanted to give you an opportunity, A, uh, just to give an overview on how you felt, uh, so folks can hear it, uh, how everything has gone through the spring, and then B, we'll just talk about a little bit about what uh, your thoughts are about the spring game on Saturday. But first and foremost, the overview about how you 
felt things have gone? I think spring ball's gone really well. Uh, you know, we had a little bit of a different format this year, having gone three practices and then going on spring break uh, and then coming back for the remaining 12. Um, you know, we practiced three days a week. Uh, I thought that uh, I thought that our guys really bought in in the in the winter conditioning program, and I think that that has shown up here in spring ball. I think our guys are look physically look really good. Um, I like the depth of where we're at. Um, you know, naturally this year, as you touched on, we're able to have the spring game. Part of that's in because we finally have some linemen. We finally have some depth. Um, we're able to really have a solid two deep, and quite frankly, we can really have a three deep in practice, uh, which is great. And so I love kind of the projection of where that group is headed. Obviously, there's a lot of youth there. We haven't signed 12 players in the last two years on the offensive line. I love the competition that's happening at, at a number of positions right now. And uh, I think that that's healthy uh, for all players to know that there's a, you know, there's a guy, two or three at their position that is battling, that is pushing them to be the best that they can be. But I also think the competition is really healthy Offense and defense, you know, that's, that's always one of the hard parts as a coach when, you, when, you're, when you're going through spring ball and you're going against yourself, you know, who do you want to win? How do you not, you know, who do you want to perform better than others? At the end of the day, I think competition is healthy. Uh, we're trying to minimize the mental errors. We're trying to push these guys to, to spaces that are uncomfortable so that they can get comfortable in those spaces. And uh, I, I think it's gone really, really well. And, uh, you know, we've got one more practice tomorrow. Uh, and then we'll get after it here Saturday. But uh, all in all, it's been it's been a good spring. Knock on wood, uh, you know we, we've we've been the injury bug hasn't hit us um, you know too much in comparison to I know how, how it's hit some other people. So uh, it's gone well. I'm proud of the guys. I'm proud of the work they put in. We are by no means a finished product, but I think we've set ourselves up for a uh, for a really good summer and then getting ourselves ready for fall camp. Longhorns head football coach Steve Sarkeesian joining us here on Light the Tower on the Horn, Craigway, and Jeff Howe. Sark, I asked you this uh, during you know, the signing day in December uh, because you, you mentioned it when you first took the job. You wanted to establish a great developmental program at Texas, and I'd, I'd like to just kind of keep track of the markers in terms of where you're at. So as spring winds down in terms of you know player development, and there's a lot of different areas that touches – are you are you, do you feel like you're on the track you want to be? Are you are you a little bit ahead, or do you feel like there's some more work to do? Where are you? Where are you in terms of getting the player development aspect where you want it? Well, I feel good. You know, there's a lot of layers to player development, right? I think one is the actual play itself on the field. Our players developing into better players from year one to year two to year three and whatever stage they're in. Are they physically developing, right, in the weight room um, with, our, with, our, with our training table? Are we eating right, right? Are our bodies changing and developing that way? Um, I think there's academic development, right? Is everybody, you know, striving and, and working towards and, and earning their degree? Uh, and then I think there's just, you know, kind of overall personal development, right? Are you, are you becoming the man that, that we want you to be here at the University of Texas? And so, I am really proud of the work that our guys have done. I'm proud of our staff and our organization. Um, you know, we invest a lot in our players. Uh, and in turn, I think we all can kind of see the byproduct of that. We see growth in a lot of different people, uh, a lot of different players. And a lot of times you see that growth from year one to year two from a maturity standpoint, whether that's physical or, or mental. 
Um, but also I, I see a lot of maturity in our team. I see a lot of development in our team and understanding the situations of the game. And we, we, we spend a lot of time on that because I think a lot of times those, those one or two plays at, at situational moments, that's the difference between winning and losing. And so uh, through it all, I, I am proud of the work that our, that our players have put in. Uh, I think there's a definite investment and commitment to, to trying to do it right and, and do it at a high level. But I'm also really proud of our staff and our organization uh, and obviously the support of our, of our administration to, to have the resources in place um, and then the commitment from all parties involved to, to put our players in position and invest in them so that they can develop. And so all in all, that, that, that piece um, uh, I am really proud of. And sometimes it's hard to always equate that you know, or quantify that, you know, sometimes with weight gains and different things. But you know, from, from a coach's eye and having seen these guys now for heading into year three, I, I am really pleased with where we're at. Sark, toward that end, uh, you and I have talked about that C word a few times, uh, that old culture thing, but uh, I was really intrigued by some things that you said on that uh, Pivot podcast with Ryan Clark yesterday. There was some <clears throat> real talk and some things about you uh, setting the thermostat for the program, and I just want to give you an opportunity to, 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 to talk about how comfortable you feel with this group now as you begin your third season. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel great w- with this group. You know, we, we still have, you know, there's still a you know, fair amount of players on the team that essentially I inherited right when I got here, you know, whether it's the Trevondre Sweats or the, the Jordan Whittingtons or uh, the Vernon Broughtons, the Alfred Collins. There, there's, still, there's still a handful of those guys. And then there's still a, a, a group of guys that were signed in December uh, prior to me getting hired in January that, that I didn't get a chance to really recruit, but they have been with us since day one when they arrived. And now we've got two recruiting cycles of our own uh, of, of a group of players. But I, I think at the end of the day, um, everybody in, in our organization understands the standard here, understands the, the, the work ethic needed, understands our core values. Uh, I think you hear – the, the conversation is a lot more natural, not just coming from me and the coaches, but amongst the players, uh, amongst, you know, when somebody new comes on board, um, I think the conversation with that new person doesn't always have to come from us, but it can come from other players, um, graduate assistants, trainers, you know, strength staff. Uh, and so in the end, I, I feel very comfortable to your point about the temperature in our building. I think, I think we're striving and working towards being a championship caliber football team. And, you know, sometimes some people can hit that stride sooner than others. Um, you know, we just believe in our process of what we need to do. And I, I do. I feel really comfortable. I feel great about this team because uh, when I look at the way we look, I'm excited about that. You know, I think that we've recruited well. I think the guys that have been here have developed their bodies and, and look tremendous. Um, but, but beyond that, I like just kind of the culture that we've, that we've developed. And I think this is a very tight knit building that we're in. Uh, we're one that, uh, is upbeat, is positive, but is relationship based. And I, I don't think that anybody in our organization ever feels uncomfortable coming to talk to me about whatever it is. And that's always what I'd hoped I could, I could, I could develop here and, and instill here. And that, that to me as a coach, that's the beauty of it. Cause when you're connected that way, on a personal level, man, that, that's a sure a heck of a lot easier to go take the field and want to want to compete with one another and fight for one another uh, for a common goal of, of winning a championship. Sark, when you and Coach Milley are, are breaking down quarterbacks, I know you've been asked a ton about quarterbacks this spring. 
But when you break down the practice film and the scrimmage film and, and look at really those top three guys with Quinn and, and Malik and Arch, how much of it is judging those guys based on kind of the baseline stuff, the the non-negotiables, if you will, you guys have for the quarterback position? And then how much of it do you have to look at and say, okay, Quinn is on a different you know trajectory because of experience than Malik, who because he's been here a little bit longer is on a different uh, a different time clock, if you will, than, than Arch is? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that those are all fair, you know, assessments because the reality of it is, right? We we do have non-negotiables here, whether that's you know work ethic, whether that's uh, you know quarterbacks aren't on any list here at the University of Texas, whether that's an academic list, whether that's uh, an off-the-field issue, whatever that is. I mean, that there's a standard here in which the quarterback sets the tone, and and we hold all quarterbacks to that standard. But there's also a driving force from providing energy, uh, a level of intensity, a level of, of, of just the, their work ethic in which they go to practice, the work ethic that they put in off the field to prepare for practice, mentally, physically, whatever that looks like. But then you have to look at, okay, where are they? What is their, what is their knowledge base of what we're trying to do? And are they able to execute the things at the stage of where they're at in the program? And then how quickly can they elevate themselves to the next step and the next step and the next step? And that, that's, that's really what we look at. And, you know, decision-making comes into those things. Um, ability, a lot of, you know, one of the things I, I assess a lot is can they, can they not make a bad play worse? And when we use the adage, don't turn a fender bender into fatalities. Bad things happen in football. Guys miss blocks. Uh, guys run the wrong routes. Um, we don't, you know, th- that's going to happen. It's okay to throw the ball away. They might, they might know a screen is coming, throw the ball away, not throwing it to a defensive lineman because those can be catastrophic errors. And the, the guys that can do that, that's a positive sign because those are winning plays as well. It's as important as it is to throw that post route for a touchdown. It's equally as important not to force a ball into coverage when you're backed up and all of a sudden you throw a pick six. And so uh, we evaluate a lot of those things. We also evaluate their ability to process what we are teaching them and then go out. And when that, that opportunity presents itself again, not make the same mistakes twice. And then can they learn from others, right? Can they learn when that, when the other quarterbacks getting coached on something, can they learn from that? And so when they're put in that situation that, that, that another guy was, how do they react to it? So there's a lot of levels to this thing. Um, and in the end, you know, I think the quarterback, it's, it's really critical, right? He, he instills belief in the entire organization. He instills belief into all 100,000 people in DKR on Saturday afternoons. You know, they, that's, that's what they do. That, that's why it's the most important position in sports. And so, um, you know, who can do that? Who can inspire? Who can instill belief but still yet play at a high level and move the chains and, and put points on the board and, and do all those types of things. Which brings us to the spring game, Sark. I wanted to give you an opportunity just to tell fans a little bit about, you know, uh, what can they expect on Saturday coming in? I, I think it's really cool. Obviously, there's going to be an autograph session for them uh, with, with players at 930. But uh, when you get into uh, uh, the, the spring drills, the spring game, the orange, white, what can fans expect to see on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, we're, we're really excited about Saturday. Um, you know, two years ago, we, we were able to play a game from a roster management uh, standpoint. Last year, we weren't as fortunate, um, just with the limitations on the offensive line, uh, most notably. Uh, but this year, we're able to do it again. So we're, we are going to have an autograph signing actually at 9 a.m., Craig, on Bevo Boulevard. And uh, looking forward to the fans being out and interacting with them. 
uh, getting around that, and then we'll we'll get the players, you know, get them eating breakfast and and getting in meetings and getting themselves ready to go, and then we'll we'll kick the ball off at about one o'clock. Um, it'll be an orange and white game. Um, you know, obviously the, the quarterbacks won't be live. Um, and some of the special teams, we're going to execute the special teams, but those sessions won't be live. And then we're going to go play ball. And we're going to allow a, a, a lot of players to play. Um, and, again, it's as much for the fans to see our players, but for some of our players, it's performing in front of, in front of fans. For, for some of our new players, this will be the most people they've played in front of in their lives. And so getting them acclimated to some of that coming out of the tunnel um, you know, there's always, there's always conditions that can show up. It's going to be hotter Saturday than it's been all spring. And so how do we respond to that? And so there's a lot of things that I still, the evaluation continues for me, but at the end of the day, I want our players to go out and have fun. They've worked really hard all winter. Uh, they've worked hard. It will end up being through 14 practices by Saturday. Their fans will get a chance. Their, their families will get a chance to kind of come see a little bit of the finished product of where they're at to this stage of, of the year. Uh, and then when we get done with that with that spring game, then we'll get back in the lab in the summer and in fall camp and get ourselves ready for uh, for September. All right, uh, Sark, we'll let you go with this. We we had a question for the for for the listeners this morning. Uh, if there was a one phrase or a mantra or a motto, it didn't even have to be. It could just be a phrase. Uh, you know that that your father or mom or uncle or or grandfather something that somebody said to you to just stuck with you. I have a feeling we may already have the answer when you said don't turn a fender bender into a fatality with regard to your quarterbacks. But was there something that 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 uh, someone uh, said to you a phrase that's just kind of stuck with you all these years wow you know i'm i'm a big i'm big into reading i'm big into the watching podcasts i'm, I'm big into all this kind of stuff and so i've I, you haven't been in my office lately craig but i've got a whole wall of things that um matter to me right and things that 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 stick with me that i hold on to um but i i think i think one that that really stands out to me is Bring the best version of you today. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that is. What is that best version of you today? Bring that. Right? That's all we're asking of. We're, we're not asking for superhuman efforts. What, what, whatever, your, whatever your job is, whatever your role is in, in an organization or in your family or in your household or in the relationship that you're in, what's the best version of you look like? And can you bring that day in and day out? Right, and that that's something that that I've always held on to. But I got all sorts of stuff, man, that uh, <laughs> that really matters to me. That I hold on to. That I think, you know, ultimately, um, hopefully, shape me. That in turn is hopefully shaping our organization. Because I do believe this: teams take on the personality of their head coach. And the more I can instill truly who I am. I think that the more natural it's going to be kind of, you know, culturally and in, in the personality of our team come the fall. Sark, I appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, here during this really busy time. I look forward to seeing you on Saturday and uh, glad to hear things have gone uh, so well with uh, spring drills. And we'll look forward to the spring game on Saturday. Thanks again for taking some time with us. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, uh, Jeff. See all right. Thanks, Sark. All right. That's uh, Steve Sarkeesian. Sark uh, with the uh, – wrap up uh kind of the viewing uh toward the the close of spring practice here with a couple more days before the uh, spring game on saturday i always like to anytime i get an opportunity to pick his brain about quarterback development mm-hmm. i always like to because he 
it, it, as I'm learning that as we go on with Sark as the head coach here, you always you get a little a, a different nugget every time when you ask about quarterback development. I hadn't heard that one before mm-hmm. about don't turn a, a don't <laughs> a make fender. a bad play a worse play, don't <laughs> turn a fender bender into a fatality. I hadn't heard that one before, but it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, it kind of fits in what we were talking about today with, the, with some of the uh, <laughs> phrases that have gone on. And 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 you do have th- you know. Quinn Ewers has uh, pretty much a season. Uh, you know, he's got a full year in the program and, and starting experience now. You know, Malik obviously has missed some time, but at least he's been here for a yep. little bit. And then Arch is in his first his first semester, his first spring. So all three of those guys are at, at different stages. But again, there's there's those non negotiables that mm-hmm. coaches talk about. That hey, this is the standard. That regardless of where you're at, this is this is what's expected every day. All right. Uh, if you missed any part of that, certainly on the podcast page at hornfm.com, you can hear our uh, conversation uh, with uh, Coach Sark. All right. Uh, coming up, inconceivable when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Conceivable. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Uh, our thanks again to uh, Steve Sarkeesian joining us. Uh, Sark, uh, good taking visit. a few minutes, yeah. And uh, uh, Cameron has already put that you you put that conversation up. If anybody missed uh, all or part of it, right? Yep, hornfm.com or search the horn wherever you get your podcasts or visit hornfm.com. Again. Do you realize you almost said pornfm.com? I, I was plugging my headphones back in. That's what I thought he uh, said. It almost sounded like pornfm.com, but it was hornfm. It's, it, is, it is horn. Do not go to pornfm.com. <laughs> To find Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. You'll find other things, but you will not find Sarkeesian. You won't let that. Some of that not safe for work content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hornfm.com. Okay, uh, on to uh, Inconceivable. and um, I'd suggest opening a private browser if you're uh, so yeah, inclined yeah, probably. to try that one. Uh, probably. Um, hey, it's been a while since we've had a feral hog story. Right. Oh, I forgot to, man, totally, we yeah? just got right into it in the Sark interview. There was a dead feral hog on the road, like I got on the, right on the Ranch Road 12 yeah, from yeah, my yeah. house. Yeah, Because you can find them there. Oh, yeah. There was a feral hog who's no longer roaming this mortal world. Wow. Yeah. It was a big old hog, too. Was looked, it big? Was it as big as a grizzly bear? It looked like he had been just cut in half almost. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been confirmed that the, um, that the biggest wild hog uh that was ever caught weighed about 790 pounds is in the i like that it was in the 700 <laughs> uh it was two guys in in and daily on now this happened a few years ago but they but there wasn't a confirmation of just exactly how big it was until recently and and the two guys blaine garcia and wyatt walton own a business called Boar collector feral hog removal. <laughs> How about that? How'd you like to work for that? Where they where they remove feral hogs all across Texas? That sounds like if I wasn't doing this, that I might get into that line of work. Yeah, um, it, it, it said it made the record. Now some hunters in Texas swear they have caught one thousand pound feral hogs. They've never been officially recorded. My dad swore that hog was. My brothers and I always like to go, hey, Pops, how big was that hog? Boy, that hog was 700 pounds. (laughs) See? Uh, While there are multiple subspecies of wild hogs, they all have a similar appearance. Of course, they have those large, hulky, uh, bulky bodies, short, thin legs, 
short trunks, humps between the shoulder blades. Destructive critters Yes, are they the feral be. hogs. Their necks are so short it's almost impossible to move them. They have large heads, makes up about a third of their length. The head's large because it acts like a plow and is good for digging, to you your know, point. The, the feral hog is one of the sworn enemies of the snake. It's a predator of the snake. Wow. Because their, their hides are so thick. Yeah. I've heard about, like, uh, snake teeth, like, breaking on the yeah. hog, so they can't, on the hog yeah, hide, yeah. and then the hogs will step on them. And then just kill trample them. Trample them, yeah. Well, they can dig up to nearly four inches deep in frozen ground, and they have strong uh, neck muscles to upturn anywhere from... 85 to 110 pound rocks. Uh, and adult wild male hogs also have those sharp and long canines that protrude from uh, their mouth. So, uh, yeah, yeah, big, big, uh, big uh, feral hogs. And it all, always, always makes Jeff happy when we have a feral hog story on, on the program, right? I mean, I've got some kind of weird feet of strength idea. Like, let's put a pile of you know, hundred pound rocks in front of a in front of a feral hog. Okay, and then we'll get our good friend Mark Henry and get you know, put a put a pile of hundred pound rocks in front of Mark Henry and see who can move the most hundred pound rocks in like I don't know two minutes. Because uh, okay. I want to know, I want to compare the world's strongest man with a feral hog and see how see, str- let's see how strong the feral hog really is. Uh, that's a good point. All right. Um, okay, we have a lottery story. I don't think the feral hog can do that frying pan bending. That'd be difficult. Exhibition that Mark can do. Well, yeah. he lacks posable thumbs. The first Yeah, that, that's true. That's, uh, <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. Uh, uh, by the way, last night in the baseball game, the Texas State broadcast, you know, Clint Shields was doing the radio play-by-play. Bill Shoning with yeah. him uh, as Bill was uh, filling in for Brant Freeman there. Was Bill okay last night? Was he okay? It looked like he was running around like a little frantic before the game started. Really? Yeah. Uh, like he was looking for something. Oh, I don't know. I, he he seemed okay. Okay. And, and he saw me in the hall right before. I mean, we chatted already. I introduced him to Coach Pierce. And it's a good. It's a good conversation about Sam Houston State days and things like there that. You go. But uh, Bill said to me in the hallway right before we went into our respective booths, he goes, "Well, here we are again in the booth, but we're we're going to opposing booths. We're opposing broadcasters." And I said, "With opposable thumbs." <laughs> so that made me think about that when he talked about the opposable thumb thing. Uh, have a lottery story because I mean, you, you know, love a good lottery. Story. Yeah, well, you're going to love this one. Uh, my brother sent this story to me. Uh, my brother up in Fort Worth, uh, Kurt, sent this. Your to me brother this has become quite the contributor. He does. To, to he listens and then he he sees things. He peruses the internet a lot. And goes, how about this deal? Now sometimes. We've either already had it on there, or it's like three or four days ago. I noticed it, or something like that. Your brother, your brother, but, and your wife. Sometimes both he's right are. on it. Yeah. Well, this is about the lottery that took place in Virginia. No, this was not that big Mega Millions jackpot or the Powerball, uh, but it was a, a ticket that was worth um, five thousand dollars. So he said, "You yeah. know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy twenty lottery tickets." Now, um, Cam, you've bought a lottery ticket before, right? No. You've never bought a lottery ticket? Not never scratch have. off, nothing. Never will. Okay. Okay. Why? It's a waste of money, in my opinion. I, I salute you. Okay. I, I, I salute you for your, uh, for your uh, dedication to not uh, contributing off of that. All right. Jeff, you've bought multiple lottery tickets before, haven't you? I got that little degenerate side of me, yeah. yeah. Especially so, around Christmas time. I like the scratchers for Christmas time. Okay, but when you have bought multiple lottery tickets, 
you you do different number sets, right? You know what? I just do the uh, I just go the quick pick route. Quick pick, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I ain't got time to. Yeah, so it. it reminds me of like taking tests and I'm like, ah, yeah, just, uh, no, I understand. You know, like PTSD from you know, yeah, the from, college days. Yeah, so yeah. Like, ah, okay. Just give yeah, me my you numbers. don't want to fill out the fill in the, the the oval all the way with a number two pencil. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, a lot of folks, and I've done it myself. Like what you said, you know, either get, uh, you know, whatever the the random pick you know let yeah. them do it uh, uh or just or you might pick out a couple of well this guy said i'm gonna play 20 lottery tickets he used the same number for all 20 it hit so each ticket was, was worth five thousand dollars so he got a hundred grand because Dang. he played 20 lottery tickets all with the exact same numbers um his name is um this looks like you would read somebody's name backward, but his name is Fekru Herpo. It's his name. That's not real. Fekru Herpo. Oh, he's registered. He told lottery officials that something just told him to purchase the identical tickets. And so what kind of sorry it. parents named their kid Fekru? Fekru. F E K R U. He had to have a, t- a rough, rough childhood. I guess. Uh, but uh, so yeah, how about that? That's right up there with Dushan Mandich and some of some of the most unfortunate go. names I've ever heard. Well, here's somebody who is fortunate. Uh, this this report came down yesterday, but this happened over in East Texas in Marion County, over where they have a lot of lakes over there, Lake of the Pines. Okay, yeah. Okay. So is that the one I drive over when I'm on my way to Tyler? Yes. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there's also Lake Palestine over there, too. So there's both of those. But anyway. Around Frankston, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So deputies were responding to a call about a Jeep submerged down in Lake of the Pines. It's been there, like, over the last day or so. Sounds unfortunate. Yeah. So they went, ah, let's go fish out the Jeep. And then they went, uh-oh, we think there's a body in there. They pulled it out. No, it wasn't a body. It was a live woman. The woman was alive. It's a woman in the car Jeez. that had been submerged. It was about 40 feet from a boat ramp. They started to prepare to remove the Jeep, and they discovered a person was still inside and moving. A woman had been listed as a missing person by the Longview Police Department. She was reported missing shortly after midnight on Friday. It's not clear when the Jeep went into the water, but it looks like it was in the water for at least several hours. Good Lord. And she was alive inside the vehicle. You're talking and, about a watertight vehicle. It was, was it, And it was completely submerged? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is like the best advertising for Jeep ever. Like, this is how yeah. indestructible our vehicles are. So you can just barely see the, the top of the Dude. thing. It was pretty much submerged. Um. So, Yes. So Man, I'm guessing it wasn't deep enough for like the water pressure to crack the windows. I guess that's what I said. Talk about being watertight. She survived it. Missing woman found alive in Jeep submerged in Texas Lake. Now that, my friends, is hitting the lottery. Hour number two of Light the Tower coming up. <laughs> 